0: This is Envision Self Healing Podcast, episode number fifty four. Hi, I'm Will Fuller. And I- Richard Miller. And we are the co-creators of EnvisionSelfHealing.com and are dedicated in helping you improve your eyesight and quality of life by taking healing into your own hands. Now, if you haven't had a chance already, then head over to our website at EnvisionSelfHealing.com and you can get your hands on a free ebook called A Modern Day Guide for Improving Eyesight that's going to give you lots of great tips there on how you can start doing eye exercises today.
1: The topic of the week this week is good computer posture. And the question of the week comes from YouTube, and it's someone who's asking a very simple question. If I'm getting adequate rest at night, why do I need to rest my eyes with palming? So, Richard, how's the world of self-healing been treating you this week? Well, I'm back on my spin cycle for the first time this week. So Fantastic. I'm feeling very good about that. I, mm-hmm. I approached it with uh, care and good posture because I good. hurt my back. On is that a spin is, cycle? No. Is, is that what work. you learn in our podcast it's last true. week? That's true. That's true. I do learn from the <laughs> podcast. I do. It's like, oh, yeah, I do need to pay attention to that. So, um, yeah, I was very much on the bike, keeping a straight back mm-hmm. and keeping my abdominals in to protect my lower back uh, and then trying to keep my neck straight as well. And it actually helped for my breathing as well. For, and that, that particular spin class, he was really emphasizing keeping your chest open and breathing well while you spin as opposed to hunching over. Good. Uh, so that was a good, and I kept the, the tension way, way, way down. How did, you,
0: how did you do that? Like what sort of things did you do to keep the tension down? Not that kind of tension.
1: The tension on the bicycle.
0: Yeah. yeah oh, well. oh, okay. <laughs> I'm so up in the head with
1: with, with, muscu- tension, yeah. with muscular tension. No, no, uh, no. It wasn't mental tension. It wasn't muscular uh, tension. Okay. It was the tension on resistance. My... Resistance. There we go. Okay. It's called tension in this, uh, in this class. <laughs> no, there's a little knob that you turn. Uh-huh. And during the class, spin class, they say, I'll give it one more turn. I'll give it one more turn, which uh-huh. means it gets harder and harder and harder. Right. And of course, I'm like, I've been doing that this week. Yeah. And at the end of the class, I came off with the, the woman I go with, and she goes, wow, that was a hard class. And I went, really? <laughs> <laughs> it's so easy for me. <laughs> it was so easy to me. <laughs> so, but I at least got Good. through without any back pain uh-huh. at all. And the next day, I was a little bit sore, mm-hmm. but not too bad. So I think I've finally gotten past two months setback of, okay, I'm going to do spin class and then two months of mm-hmm. injury, essentially. Um the other interesting thing this week was uh my eating. I um uh, i I'm, I was eating less meat last week. This mm-hmm. week I kinda went, okay. And now so- you're on the
0: Paleolithic
1: diet. <laughs> yeah, switched to that. No. <laughs> I went back to sort of vegetarianism versus veganism. Okay. So I started like not paying attention to eating eggs and dairy and things like that. Mm-hmm. I thought, okay, one step at a time, let's just do meat. And I did have meat once or twice this week as well Mm -hmm. which is what we kind of recommended when we yeah
0: did our talk on that
1: yeah so um the thing i hit that i had to bring up of course was um seeing the emotional attention or an emotional attachment to certain kinds of foods Hmm. um i was just remembering as a child like growing up going out and getting a burger and fries was uh-huh. like this huge treat mm-hmm. in my family. You start to see when you stop eating those foods. It's not a simple matter of like, oh, those are unhealthy for me. I shouldn't be eating them. It's when you stop eating. You go, oh, that's co- what we call comfort, comfort food. food to you. Yeah, and that everybody has. The thing I realize is it's depending on there are there is no one comfort food. It's just whatever you were raised to associate emotional connection and, you know, family and all of those mm-hmm. things and what your family did to, when they were down to feel better. Mm-hmm. And those are the exactly the kind of foods I was still craving, like burgers and French mm-hmm. fries. And, uh, I, I realized it wasn't necessarily, you know, there's something evil about burgers and French fries that addicts, you know, there is that theory out there that mm-hmm. there are cooking foods that are addicted to us and there, it's all this big conspiracy. That I really saw that it was whatever you had an emotional attachment to, mm-hmm. to feel better about yourself in your upbringing is what you probably are going to have the most trouble giving up. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, uh, I think for me, uh, bacon sandwiches.
1: Yeah, yeah, I is, would never have uh, that attachment with, right. yeah. with
0: brown sauce. Yes, um, is is tough. Yeah, to give that one up, and I and I fi- find in uh, a couple of the years that I've ever you know done traveling and, and ever spent a long time abroad that. Burgers and fries is is my go-to yeah. meal to uh to make me feel a bit more normal. At um, home, yeah. When you're yeah. feeling
1: too oh it's just just a little too foreign, I want to feel a little more at
0: home. Yeah, yeah you're right. Yeah, then I go that way. But I mean I think they part of the argument, I think we have discussed this before about how um the foods that you're talking about are also quite high in fat. True. And that whole survival Yes. um the, the basic human need to survive and and, and how we eat and, and we prefer yeah. things in high sugar and high fat content because mm-hmm. we've got more chance of surviving so that does elicit a positive response in us almost a pleasure response
1: and maybe that's where the it worked this week to, to do the vegetarian versus vegan because you're right there were fats in that in that mm-hmm. di- in my diet mm-hmm. so i felt less uh like I was jumping off a cliff, you know, that <laughs> sort of took the place a bit of the meat uh-huh. this week. Nice. So, um, yeah, so that was an interesting week just to look at those connections. Good. Yeah. How was your week? Good. I guess I kind
0: of had uh, some similar similar insights, actually. It's, it's kind of funny how when we, um, when we come, come down to the wire, excuse the pun, and, and we go to talk about how we're getting on this week, that yeah. actually we don't talk about it we don't talk about it uh, it
1: and we end up in the same place Um,
0: but for me as as anyone that listened to the last previous weeks will know i'm doing a a 30-day yoga challenge um, which is going pretty well and uh, i did miss a day but i'm able to recoup that and uh lately because it's it's 30 yoga sessions in 30 days so if i double up in one day then um, then they let me off, and yeah. I, I still get my T-shirt at the end of the day. Yo, it. <laughs> please get the T-shirt. I should just... I should just, uh, <laughs> just break just, in and t- steal a T-shirt, for yeah, God's sake. <laughs> yeah, I should just buy a T-shirt. I could probably have one made for yeah. the same amount of money I paid to sign up for the challenge. So mm-hmm. um, so we started this week. Uh, last week, I talked about my knees, um, in right. particular sort of knee strains that I was finding. And what I did is, is I then spent a few days trying to figure out what was necessarily causing... could be leading to that sort of tweaking Ah, of the knee so i kind of figured out some of the movements what it was and then started avoiding that so i've not had any problems with that since and then this week uh it was my lower back um in particular in the lumbar region uh, the the real bottom of bottom of the lower back there and uh obviously being body workers we see many people with either herniated discs and uh, unfortunately we also know people that have done this during yoga right and um i think we did if it's my twitter on facebook um there is an article uh, that we posted about the new york times um about yoga and about how there is this rise in injuries and and that people are sort of really being pushed to their limits outside their normal flexibility range and it is causing these issues and i'm not saying that people shouldn't do yoga right but i think people need to be a bit more conscious about their awareness and to go from sitting at a desk for 15 years um and not being overly active and then go to a yoga class something like bikram hot yoga where you relax all the muscles and then you're like yeah i can i can do a backward pose yeah, and, yeah, yeah. and make a bridge out of my back and then <laughs> sort of <laughs> yeah. feel a pop someone's stand on it, yeah <laughs> <laughs> so um so yes yeah, so i'm, I'm kind of lucky um to have this this insight shall we say um to to try and stop myself from pushing myself that much but even then even then i know all this even though mm. i stand here and, and talk about it um i've kind of um made my lower back a little bit tender yeah. at the beginning of this week, and. So what I did is instead of just continuing to push myself and, and just have the attitude of, well, I'll get over it or I'll get through it, I did the same kind of detective approach oh. of when I was doing – when because it's the same series of postures, which is why I guess oh, yeah. it's it's kind of a bit easier to do this in, yeah. in Bikram Yoga, I guess. So I went through all the poses, and because we work so hard with body awareness and, and, mm-hmm. and figuring out what muscle's doing what – Excuse me. So every every pose that we went on, um, I, f- I tuned into my lower back and thought, okay. did this create any sort of tension? Did Good. it not? And it was interesting. Even some of the poses that I would be doing, some backward bends, were fine. Hmm. Actually, it's not what I necessarily wow. originally thought it was. But I still went easier mm-hmm. anyway. I still, yeah. instead of leaning all the way back, which I might normally do, I decided to just sit and rest in a in a particular position that's before that stage and i've decided to um wait maybe a couple more weeks until this challenge is over before i start trying to push myself and mm-hmm. and just be happy with with where i am yeah and just
1: uh Yeah plenty of tight muscles you don't have yeah. to challenge all of them because
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's just not worth you know we, we work with so many people with with yeah. bad uh, injuries and stuff and it, it just takes so much longer to overcome it so i realized it was actually it was from one which i wouldn't have thought it was from which is called the boat pose where and actually as i'm talking about it's a little bit obvious um, where you lie oh, on your stomach and yeah. uh, you bring your legs behind you and you hold your legs and then you raise yeah. your chest up and your knees up off the ground so yeah. just sort of your belly button is is on the floor so yeah. you're kind of in a in a boat you're yeah. like a you yeah, yeah. So, uh, not surprisingly, that was the one. That was the one, yeah. <laughs> and I remember that at the beginning of the week, I was like, "Oh, I, I can," because the instructors are like, "Now more, now more, busy oh. more, busy more." And I realised, like, "Oh, I've got it!" And I realised I could do it a lot more. And I was like, "Great!" And then that was that evening that I started to feel the strain. So, yeah. so now I just lie there, yeah, uh, and I break it down. Now I just sort of bring my knees up and i use it as a conscious exercise to see to see what i can hold and how far i can move the back and i realized that what i need to do is push my hips more forward and this this is the what i've noticed because i've got tight hips a lot of these postures i'm putting a lot more strain on that on that lumbar spine in the lower back sure. because of my tight hips that it's it's pulling and it's creating even more of a lordosis in the lower back that I might otherwise naturally have because of tight hips. Sure. So you can imagine all these people that have the same thing and they're in this yoga and they're bending even more, even more. And of course, it kind of makes sense that eventually the disc just says no. Uh. <laughs> so uh, anyway, one particular reason I wanted to share this so much is is it's not so much about maybe if you feel a particular tweak just to either give up on something mm-hmm. and just to take it a little bit easier. But at the same time for everyone that is sort of pushing themselves a little bit further than they should be in that exercise field to maybe have a little bit of a rethink and mm-hmm. and maybe think that if if you could wait a little bit longer before you push yourself to that next yeah, yeah. step. Because just like what Richard has discovered over this last few weeks, you know, he he's sort of got that that injury there from pushing too much on the spin right. bike. And he's had to spend the the next two months right. taking that time out, recuperating and now he's back to the point where he can go again, which is great. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, hindsight is a is a wonderful thing. But if you could avoid it in the first place, yes, then uh, yes. then it's good. So. We just
1: done the posture podcast before I started, it <laughs> yeah. might have been better. It's, all right. it's our it's own fault. <laughs> yeah. <it
0: is. laughs> okay. Great. Well, I think that's a good time to move on to topic of the week.
1: Of the week this week is good computer posture and
0: this is something that uh, obviously affects Richard and I quite yeah, a bit having yeah. a, having a, an online um, vision improvement website and we we spend many hours as you can imagine, and those that have seen the website will, will see that um, being able to bring as as much information to you guys so you can improve your vision um, as easily as possible without having access to uh, to necessarily someone in your local area. So we've spent several years now, um, I mean obviously we've spent a lot of time at the computer beforehand.
1: Well in my career before this was a photographer working on digital photography so I was working Mm -hmm. just as much if not more at that point on the computer so.
0: So I guess we were kind of lucky we were writing all this literature uh, at the same time as spending long hours at the computer so it enabled us to be very conscious about our positioning and what we were doing and the sort of things that we could do that helps. Um, And we're not saying that we necessarily created this stuff. This is all very sort of common knowledge, but it it just sometimes it's easier to actually experience something and then understand it as opposed to it just being a theory or something that you're just told. Mm -hmm. So I guess uh, last week we went from head to toe, so maybe we could do the the same again. Mm -hmm. Um, And I certainly think the same principle here applies of feeling that that piece of string um, it's crown pulling the head, at the pulling the top the of the head. head, yeah. Um, and actually, saying that real quick, I, I'm going to have to mention this because I was always thinking about it in yoga. This week, um, my periphery had, had improved enough. This week that I was able to start seeing the ceiling in the yoga oh my studio. Goodness. Wow! And uh, in the ceiling, there's some clouds there as well. That's how I knew I was seeing it because oh, yeah. I could see the the white there and, and stay tuned into it. And it was easier for me to balance as a pose. <sighs> And to straighten my head up towards the ceiling because I had a sense of up. I, yeah. I kind of had this gauge. I knew where the, the ceiling was and how to pull myself up yeah. towards it. And that's yeah. something that I'd never had before. Cool. Anyway, just right. yeah, yeah, <laughs> probably should right, have yeah. uh, okay. spent a full 10 minutes on that. But anyway, yeah. um, so being able to pull that head up towards the ceiling that most mm-hmm. people can see that I now realize <laughs> that's yeah. uh, something that I hadn't thought before. And what, what Richard talked about holding the uh, orange or the tangerine, tangerine underneath your chin or a walnut or a or just pistachio but, having
1: a double chin, like yes. producing a double chin.
0: Yeah, which is easier for some people. It's easy for me. Um, and uh, I even heard a triple chin. Yeah. Which, um, which sounds painful. Yeah.
1: <laughs> so that's the two. Yeah, the head up. And this is creating the flatness on the back of your cervical spine mm-hmm. and space. Uh, between the top of your spine and the, the bottom of your skull. And you could probably all feel this now, just w- w- whatever
0: position uh, that you're in, whether you're, you're watching this as a video, whether you're listening to this uh, as the podcast, is to lift the, the crown of the head up towards the ceiling, mm-hmm. and then you can tuck your chin down towards your chest and notice that you can still look forwards. It doesn't force you to look down towards the ground. You can still have your vision eye level, um, whatever it is that you're looking at in front of you, but you can still tilt that head, where, that head backwards. And you can feel now if you kind of relax and and uh, tilt the head up uh, towards the ceiling a little bit to maybe what is your natural pose. If you put your hand on, on the back of your neck there on, on the vertebrae and do the same, straighten the head up and you kind of feel a bit more space between the vertebrae and then tuck the chin under and you'll notice that you kind of feel a bit more pressure of the back of your neck Pushing against the finger there and it's it's straightening that cervical spine a little bit taking some of that pressure away um, And you can see how much more beneficial that is um, for the vertebrae and also for the blood flow there in the
1: neck And then I guess we could skip the body for a second and go to the monitor So this is why you want your monitor so that you're it's high enough that you're looking somewhat straight or Mm -hmm. a little bit down but you certainly don't want the monitor up. So you would then have to crank your neck. Yeah. That would be really bad. Mm-hmm. That would defeat this whole purpose that we're dealing with. Yeah. And I think the standard is, is talking about that is to try
0: and have the computer at eye level. Mm-hmm. Um, people that we've and, uh, spoken to, obviously here in San Francisco, uh, computers is very much. Yeah. Um, Every day.
1: And if you do have vision problems, this is where I've, for years I've had a, an arm. They make, very heavy-duty arms that can put a monitor on an arm and attach it to your desk you don't mean someone's actual arm no yeah you hire someone to hold the monitor for you (laughs) a very strong person at the gym (laughs) comes and holds your monitor for you all day long no they make these metal arms that you can attach to your monitor to Mm -hmm. and so then you can precisely position it right so if you have i think for someone with vision problems they have to think of Mm -hmm. these things Kind of like, uh, those bathroom
0: mirrors. Exactly. Yeah. Um, that it's extendable so you can play with heights and stuff.
1: Yeah. And then you, you have to also look at the size of the, you know, the type that you're gonna. Mm -hmm. There are, there are programs for Macintosh programs for windows so you can enlarge the type. Mm -hmm. So if you have enough of vision problem, again, you have to enlarge it enough so you could sit back, keep that straight Mm -hmm. neck and still have good posture. If you're not if you're leaning towards your monitor too much it's going to ruin mm-hmm. all this so
0: yeah and, and don't feel bad one of the, one of the biggest things i had to get over with that is the, is the actual idea of blowing up the text right. on the computer um and it's really people uh, that i work with um that have 20 20 vision find that sometimes when their eyes get tired they, they need up. to blow it up and, and yeah. just a little bit and um you know, I really don't have any issues with it anymore. And it, it's, it stops me from leaning in completely now. Right. So I really don't have that strain in my neck or in my shoulders because I'm not tensed um, trying to force my eyes for me it was a little bit easier because i knew that if i was seeing that small text i was only using my stronger eye um so for me by blowing it up means that i'm using both eyes together we talk so much about having balanced use of the eyes now some people might be asking about standing at the computer oh yeah as opposed to sitting we know that's becoming a lot more popular nowadays and um I guess that the jury isn't necessarily out on that one. Uh, We talked last week about good standing posture. So the same principles apply the same with having a good uh, monitor there that's at eye level. And some people talk about maybe having, uh, if you don't want to go out and and fork out for an expensive stand, Mm -hmm. um, then you could have a desk and then put something else on top and and rest your computer up there. Mm -hmm. Um, So there is a lot more people talking about this. And one reason why that's so good is what I was talking about before with the yoga is getting that tightness
1: mm-hmm. in the
0: hips. In the hips, yeah. And if you think about it, if you're sitting, your legs are at 90 degrees for, for most of us at that angle there in the hip. So you've got muscles there in your hip called the hip flexors, and they get tight and short so that um, as, when you go to stand up again, they still stay tight and short so that it puts pressure there on the lower back, kind of like a duck butt. Uh, yeah well, it's, it's almost it.
1: like putting your arm in a sling it's always bent at 90 degrees mm-hmm. it's the same with your legs you're always and when you're sitting you're all, they're always at 90 degrees from your torso so mm-hmm. yeah you can imagine why if you put your arm in a sling the muscles the biceps would get tight yeah from doing and those that. ligaments so, there yeah so um that's that's certainly
0: one reason why standing would be yeah. uh, more beneficial because of it um some people talk about maybe having an exercise ball or or one right. of those wobbly, wobbly board things that you use for stability. Some people
1: sit on those and find they help. Right. That that gives you more flexibility in your lower back mm-hmm. and your hips. So you're constantly moving those muscles and joints right around uh, your pelvis. One thing we have found, though, that
0: people have reported to us, that they it does tire out their hips that much more on an mm-hmm. exercise ball because you're always trying to balance right. yourself. And by the end of the day you'll be surprised the next day how sore yeah. your hips could be. But I guess the, the point here is that there's, there's different methods in it and the idea is to try for yourself. See, for me, I think if I was to stand for maybe six hours a day, that that might be worse for me, me than, too, yeah. <laughs> than sitting. Yeah. But And I yeah. think it comes down to the fact that you need to learn to stand properly, have that, that good posture in the first place, make sure that you're... Because your legs are certainly designed to be able to
1: support us um but yeah I, I think that the thing there is is to play with those yeah i think the default is going to be probably people are going to sit but then realize that these hip flexors are getting tight mm-hmm. and that's why we we suggest you get up once in a while and pull mm-hmm. back on your leg mm-hmm. do a, a stretch quad stretch out. or something yeah. to stretch out the front uh front of your leg oh we did skip the shoulders though mm-hmm so the shoulders, like in our our standing posture, you want to have them loose and your arms hanging, mm-hmm. open chest, shoulder blades coming together and down, just like you're in a standing posture, mm-hmm. um, so that your arms are loose, uh, but you're not rolling your shoulders forward. Yep. That's the other thing people do.
0: Yeah, and I guess you still want to be in line. Your ear still wants to be in line with your mm-hmm. shoulder and your shoulder in line with your hip, um, so that you know that your shoulders are nice and back there. Mm-hmm. And then... F- certainly just like what richard was saying is having the shoulders down and loose mm-hmm. i was a i was a great um victim of this of when i would type maybe if the table was too high right i would lift my uh, shoulders up uh, so to speak like i'm wearing my shoulders yeah. as earrings mm-hmm. so that i had that angle there of of mm-hmm. typing and then i also noticed that it was kind of a concentration thing you know that was my wow. focus mode shoulders up tension uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah staring forward uh typing away so it took me a good year or two mm-hmm. to break that, that habit of, uh, of holding the shoulders up. So you certainly want those shoulders to be nice and relaxed. It means also you know, for blood flow, this is why we're talking about this and why it's so important for your eyes, is that we want best possible blood flow as possible. So when those shoulders are loose, then you're allowing the blood flow to go through those uh, junctions there in the shoulders and and work its way around the body. So nice, uh, nice loose shoulders. You've got a straighter neck, uh, head looking forwards, head up towards the ceiling. And you don't want to be rounding the shoulders, what we would call um, kyphosis. Mm -hmm. So by having those shoulders back, chest open, that also means that you're breathing a bit easier. Um, One thing is just to take a deep breath. Every now and then, and see if you can feel that rib cage expand and it it allows you to tune into whether you are relaxed or not in that position, and then you don't want to have um, that compression in in the lower back where you're sort of uh, tilting the the hips backwards and and you can kind of feel that if you're doing yeah that. yeah you don 't have too much of a curve in the lower back, yeah, so I guess like what we were talking about with with the duck butt where you're, yeah. you're sort of your uh, your butt is sticking outwards, you want to have that. Uh, a little bit further back. Mm-hmm. And then, um, I guess knees in line with the feet, trying to have right. uh, both, both feet on the floor or something. Yeah. I know for myself, we've been working for a while on the fact that my chair at the moment is, is too low. So it means that I curl my feet yeah, underneath know. the chair yeah. and it means that I'm really stretching out my shin muscles, the, yeah. um, the, the muscles that are there. And, um, so I'm trying to get used to bringing it back so that I'm not shortening my calf muscle, just like you would do if you're wearing heels or something.
1: Yeah, yeah. Uh, and then the last thing maybe is your wrists, your arms and hands should be an extension. Mm-hmm. Your lower arm and hands should be one plane going out, not tilted back and creating tension at the wrist.
0: Yeah, so. it's difficult because I've also noticed that I put weight on my wrists. As um, mm-hmm. as you, as you, So you could imagine uh, that it's bent... And I'm putting the weight there. So it's as I'm typing and it, it's creating what a repetitive strain injury, which is what carpal tunnel syndrome is.
1: That's why they have those pads that go underneath Mm -hmm. your wrist to keep them level. Yeah.
0: And so I I guess in many ways also standing helps that because you will be true um, on that. But if you are standing again, really making sure that those shoulders are down and not raised up. Yep. So many quick points there that you can do just to help you out during your every day using the computer, whether you only use it for 10 minutes or whether you're using it for 10, 14 hours a day that, mm-hmm. that many of us are. And then just to you know tune into these points from time to time. Like we say, you're not necessarily going to get them all at once. Um, but over time, you start building it in as a good habit, just as your visual habits are. Yep. OK, great. Well, I think it's a good time to move on to question of the week. Mm-hmm.
1: question of the week this week comes from youtube and it's someone who is asking a simple question well if i'm getting good sleep getting eight hours of rest per night aren't my eyes being rested enough during sleep why am i doing uh palming to rest my eyes Mm -hmm. and uh, it's a good
0: question because we Mm -hmm. and i don't know whether they necessarily mentioned palming i think just we talk so much about resting the eyes um but we we do get this question a lot about palming yeah and I guess on the palming front, the difference is, um, is with the palming that your hands are up and you're really getting uh, that attention to your eyes, mm-hmm. um, that healing intention there. You're also getting the healing electricity or, or whatever it is that you yeah, you want G to coin whatever, it. Yeah. Um, so which you're not getting with you when you sleep. And then the second thing, and, and I guess this is also not just with palming um but another reason why our eyes aren't necessarily resting as much as we would like when we sleep is so many of us have lights in true, our room very true or it, we live in a city where it's hard mm-hmm. to get it dark enough yeah so we're we're strong uh advocates for uh blackout curtains mm-hmm. for a start and they're not uh, too pricey and you could also save money on your electricity yeah. bill because it maintain heat in the uh in the winter and then it's cooler in the summer so uh mm-hmm probably should have got some stocks in uh, blackout curtains before yeah, we before we true. made that. So uh so blackout curtains can help reduce that if if you do live in that sort of city area. And then take a look in your bedroom and think whether there is any lights one thing that we're not so happy about are night lights. Yeah, for children, yeah. Um but we're not if <laughs> again we're not, we don't want to say that Aaron, and then, and the, then some terrified
1: children now all over the country yeah, yeah.
0: or someone has an accident walking oh, to the, the yeah, bathroom yeah, yeah. so uh, if you need to have them for safety reasons then feel free but um but any sort of light because it means that the eye is still working if you imagine that the rods and cones respond to light that's their job so any kind of light then your eye is still working to pick that up. So maybe your TV's on standby. Maybe you've got oh, a radio yeah. clock next to your uh, on your TV stand. i got that has rid of those. Lights.
1: I got rid of those so long I've forgotten. All those little red <laughs> lights and stuff in the bedroom uh-huh. are so annoying. Yeah, <laughs> if you have any kind of. Mm -hmm. I used to put tape and stuff over radios and things like that to try and get rid of those Uh annoying little lights everywhere.
0: (laughs) Yeah. So so by uh, reducing those lights, and that can help rest the eyes a little bit more Mm -hmm. if you are sleeping, but you can see how just sleeping isn't necessarily that amount of rest. Mm -hmm. Um, You've also got rapid eye movement that you get during your sleep, and granted that's only for portions um, throughout the night, but still there's that. Uh, that active movement there so by doing exercises like palming and by purposely resting i know either through meditation or or, or doing uh, reiki that you feel more rested sometimes from from doing maybe half an hour of, of meditation than if you went and slept
1: right an no that is true that they say that about meditation sometimes it can take the place of sleep even mm-hmm. um the other thing I was going to say, and this is the controversial part about this, is we we have a some, somewhat of a different opinion on whether dreaming uses the visual system. Mm-hmm. And I guess I, I'm of the opinion that it is that when you're dreaming, the uh, optic nerve, the uh, visual cortex are active enough that you're not fully resting them. Mm-hmm. It'd be interesting. I don't have a full night of dreaming usually, but it would be interesting to see how your eyes felt if you were a really active dreamer mm-hmm. and you woke up. That would be the test. It's like, are your eyes tired yeah. after that kind of a night? I don't usually have those nights. So, <laughs> um.
0: And I guess even, I mean here at envision self-healing we're not just talking about the eyes you're right in saying that we're talking about the whole visual system right so even though you're dreaming that's still occurring in the visual cortex yeah. the occipital lobe there at the back of the head so i guess that's still being active whereas when you're palming and you're visualizing black mm-hmm. you really are bringing that rest there that's something right. i hadn't really thought about before so but certainly i think orderless huxley um calls it dynamic relaxation
1: yeah um so
0: actively resting instead of it just occurring and then i guess lastly you could think about it if you run a marathon uh, on the monday you sleep monday night doesn't mean that you're necessarily going to be ready to run a marathon tuesday the next day right so just because you've slept doesn't mean that the body has necessarily recouped and regained its strength ready for the next day
1: or maybe it would be like you've run a marathon you sleep the night, then you go and get a massage. That's more like what the palming or mm-hmm. active re- relaxation is. Yeah, uh, yeah. And
0: and in that sense, everyone's maybe on a different level. Some you know marathon runners. You know people do run, you know thirty marathons in in thirty days. Yeah. So, but they've done that training for that. So somebody that is is well versed in their eye exercises and they've got a good mm. program going on and they do have a rested visual system. Mm-hmm. Then maybe the sleep is a little bit better and is more restful for them so they're able to work the next day. But for most of us, we spend a lot of our time using our vision in, in a poor way, right. not resting it as much as we should be straining. We're not blinking enough. Um, so we need that extra rest at this point. So, And then we have that blasted radio light shining at us at night <laughs> yeah, too. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah, so obviously sleeping is still rest. We're not saying that your eyes don't rest. But I guess what we're kind of saying, it's not as much rest as we would like Um, and then also we're overworking the visual system more than we normally do. So you do need that extra rest during the day and it isn't sleep isn't necessarily enough to bring deep relaxation that you need for a good visual system. And and
1: now let's say the reverse though. If you have a visual problem and you're trying to heal, Mm -hmm. getting adequate sleep is very important as well. Yes. uh, People who are sleep deprived are having a trouble Mm -hmm healing that kind of thing
0: yeah so certainly um still getting your eight hours sleep we're not saying that if you sat and palm for eight hours instead of sleeping it would be beneficial that's certainly not the case and healing has so many more uh sleeping has so many more healing properties to it than than just rest um so certainly getting your eight hours sleep But then palming periodically and resting your eyes throughout the day, bringing balance with particular exercises is all going to help to rest the visual system and um, help with our healing process that much more. Right. Okay. Great. Well, we hope you enjoyed this week's podcast. If you want to find out some more information, then head over to our website at envisionselfhealing.com, and you can find plenty of information on more exercises or indeed your own conditions. And there's a full listings there of our blogs and uh, the personal uh, video blogs that Richard and I do as well to give you a little bit more tips. Um, that you can start using so you can start working on improving your eyesight today. You can also get your hands on the free ebook called A Modern Day Guide for Improving Eyesight. Just head over to our website and you will see uh, plenty of easy instructions there on how you can get your hands on that. You can also follow Richard and I uh, on uh, Twitter or indeed on Facebook. And uh, if you are viewing this either on YouTube or uh, iTunes or, or Facebook or anything, then uh, feel free to like it and also share it with, uh, with friends or anyone you feel that might benefit from this information. And you can also subscribe uh, to these so that you don't have to go to the effort of finding these every week. And indeed, we'll send that straight out to you. Okay, great. Well, good luck with your eye exercises this week and happy healing. And have a good week.